Hey, what is up, you guys? This is Corey and Allison with the Life Sauce Podcast. My name is Allison. And my name's Corey. And I'm just now sitting down because I run over after I press the record button. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Okay. So, uh, do you think this will be ready for Saturday or do you think it's coming out Oh, Saturday? I'm uploading this for Halloween. Okay. I'm going to, as soon as we're done here, I'm editing this and that setting it to. Because that doesn't take you very long, right? Nah, it takes me like five minutes. I already That's have fine. presets ready for, like we really don't touch gain knobs or anything, so I just have these presets ready. Okay. Uh, so you will be hearing this from... Halloween 2020 or later than that. <laughs> Depends on you, actually, because we're uploading it on Halloween. So we normally upload. Oh yeah, so we normally upload on Mondays. But since Halloween's a Saturday and this is our last episode of our Spooktoberfest, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, where we just have. Well, I mean, we do creepy stories year round, but. Halloween's a little, you know, more special to I us. I put a little more effort into this one than we have been, too. Yeah. So. so, this will be uploaded on Halloween, obviously, because you're gonna see that it was uploaded on Halloween. Even, even saying that, I should, I could have done more research, but I only took like just uh, a couple of hours for like the last three few days. days. Three days, yeah. To research yeah. whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was I going to say? Halloween 2020. Samhain. I still... Full moon. I just... There's no W. Why do they pronounce That's it? That's how the letters are pronounced in... Uh, Celtic? Yeah. M's are pronounced as W? Mm-hmm. Still want to say Samhain. Just looks Be respectful. Be, I, you American... Yeah. Say it right. Sam Hain. Please. I don't know. No. Why? Doesn't sound right. Corey's to me. being a poopy butthole. Dude, do you say data or data? Depends, honestly. Adult diapers? What? Depends. Adult diapers. I quit. Anyways, there are no updates, right? No. I don't think so. No, everything's the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We have a Halloween party tomorrow. That's it. We're staying the night over there. That sucks. We'll get drunk earlier today. That sucks. Well, not really, to I'm be honest. I'm not going to get drunk anyways, so. You can drink in the daytime. We'll drink tonight. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because if we, show, if we show up Matt's like, hell yeah, let's drink, we got to pick up our alcohol now anyway, so... If we want to be safe tomorrow, we can drink tonight with Matt and Tony. And the Matt can get drunk again tomorrow and hate his life. That's up to him. Me and you can still sit outside and get drunk. Yeah. Uh, Matt's boyfriend asked us to come tonight to stay the night to surprise Matt. Because Matt's been feeling a little lonely because he's been doing school and has a new job and stuff. So, uh he asked us to just come hang out a little longer. I think Tony also likes us around too. Even though, so like even though, I, even though when I'm drunk, I'm vulgar and dumb as shit. But okay. Yeah. Even though Corey hates staying over there, I think it'll be. I good. don't hate staying over there in particular. I just hate staying other places. 
period. Well, at least... It's not my comfort zone. I know it's not going to help you much, but at least we're staying because we were asked to and not because... Oh, that's not the problem. I'm 100% comfortable over there no matter what. I know. It's just like, oh, man. I could be at home enjoying my weekend in privacy. <laughs> you don't get many weekends compared to weekdays. I'm just glad we're not fixing up Trey's house anymore. Yeah, that was four weeks in a row. I was not having a fun yeah. time. We never did get to see the final product. And we will, though. Anyways, might as well hop right into it, right? Okay. Yeah, let's hop right so into I it. So I figured... All right. So I've been listening to podcasts at work because it helps me stay awake because I go in so early. <laughs> and if I'm not like listening to something interesting or moving around a lot, then it's hard for me to stay awake. Uh, I had been listening to Joe Rogan podcasts, but like I ran out of people that I was interested in hearing. See, from. like a lot of the people that are interesting, like nobody knows their name. Yeah, I I listened to a couple that were really cool that, like I didn't know who the people were, and I actually enjoyed them. But most of them are like comedians I don't know and uh, MMA fighters and stuff, and I don't really care to hear about that like every time, you know, and. Most of the podcasts have almost always talked about coronavirus or police brutality or the election. And I'm like, I would like to not think about this right now. <laughs> so um, I started, I can't remember why, but I was just like, oh, it's probably because I started, I watched a couple of like true crime things on Netflix. I was like, I should find a true crime podcast. And that's where I heard this case from. And I figured it would be a good last thing for our little Halloween dealio, because what's scarier than monsters in real life? Um, Trump getting a second term. That's a monster in real life. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I agree. Chances are it's going to happen, though. Yeah. Too many too many younger folk don't go out and vote because they're like, ah, other people will go and vote. My I vote think don't more matter. are going to this time around, but I don't. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because either way, it's not going to be great, but anything's better than Trump. Anything. Yeah. A baked potato in a suit is better than Trump. I have a question. I have an answer, I think. Before we get started. Okay. So, the new Supreme Court justice bitch that just got... I've not been following that at all. No, I have a question, though. If Joe Biden were to win, would he get to pick a new one? See, I don't know the answer to that question. But I don't know anything about politics. Well, I know a chunk of politics. I do know. I don't know that. Well, because, like, new house gets elected and stuff, right? Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just genu- genuinely curious. T- to be honest, <laughs> um, I know we vote for our senators. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I just hope that if Joe Biden gets elected that she gets kicked out. I did see a terrifying TikTok that's like, uh, this woman is so unqualified for this position that if Trump were to uh, claim that the election was unconstitutional and rigged, that she would just fall for it and say that he's right. And like she's, there's, there's- she has more power than the president. Technically. Oh, really? Like, because the House of Representatives and the Supreme Court has more power than Trump does, right? Because they're the ones who actually, like, pass, deny. Yes and no. 
Yes it's like no. a yes and no, no, but so here's the thing: there, there's checks and balances, right? The yeah. House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, and the, the presidential branch. What is it? A executive branch, which is the president. Um, they all have checks and balances on each other. Trump can veto bills. Uh, the House and them can vote on other bills. Like uh, they can stop. Like the House and the Senate and whatever can stop him. Would it be more fair to bills? say their powers are mostly equal? Except for in instances of like, um, well, well, it depends on how you look at secure, it. Homeland security and stuff. It depends which, on it depends on how you look at it. Because Trump is one man that has just as much power as the House of Representatives and the Senate combined. Just like as to, a whole, of as people. a whole, like he's one person. But when you look at the House and the Senate, they're bunches of people. Oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm getting uh, anxiety. <laughs> So, okay, we'll stop the political talk now because I'm... Anyways, to this story, not a story, it's it's true, true crime. True crime. Scary true crime. Uh, I wouldn't say scary, I'd say terrifying. Okay, well, that sounds awesome to me. Like horror, like they wouldn't even make a movie this vile. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, So for this podcast, should I put explicit? Uh, there's no, you can, you should anyways, cause we cuss. Um, but okay. feel free to intervene, make commentary, make it more of like a conversation rather than me reading. If you're confused, ask for clarification and all that okay. stuff. Okay. So this is the disappearance of Susan Powell for the life. I guess she's from Pennsylvania. No, this happened in Utah. Oh, is this Skinwalker? No. Okay, fine. Okay. So Josh and Susan Powell met at a Mormon singles ward in Pallop, Washington. Who would have guessed? Mormons? Who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they dated for two months and then became engaged. Oh. They married April 6th in 2001. Their marriage, uh, according to Josh's older sister, had begun on a healthy and happy note. And everyone was hopeful that they would continue to be happy, which is what uh, most people would want out of a marriage. They had lived with Josh's father, Steve Powell, and that's when things started to go kind of wonky. So not soon after they got married. Uh, Susan had written emails and journals claiming that she felt uncomfortable around her father-in-law. Steve had written a song about Susan furthering her discomfort around him. Oh, that's creepy. That's not even the worst of it. Uh, Susan and Josh moved to West Valley City, Utah in 2004. Uh, I'm assuming she somehow convinced Josh to get away from Josh's father. So neighbors of Josh and Susan said that Susan was always kind. Sorry, I keep touching the table. Uh, Was always kind, warm, and open, and they felt very welcomed by her. And Josh was not quite on the same level. Uh, a direct quote from a neighbor said, we all love Susan and we tolerate Josh because he comes along. It's part of the package. That's how most people felt. Uh, she was always worrying about other people where Josh was always the opposite. He was only ever concerned about himself, which made things sometimes a little difficult. An example of that, 
Susan's parents had found it a little strange when Josh refused to drive Susan to the hospital when she went into labor with their first child. Um, he told Susan to get her parents to drive her because he was in the middle of something and showed up at the hospital two hours later. Uh, <laughs> Josh's older sister, Jennifer Graves, said that he started off on a good note, and as time went on, she could see him getting lower and lower and spiraling out of control. Uh. <laughs> it's so awful. Josh's control over Susan had gone e or had gone as far as her being required to stick to a strict grocery spending limit, a hundred dollars a week, which is ironic considering he had maxed out all of his and Susan's credit cards. They were two hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars in debt, to which Josh filed bankruptcy. Uh, Josh wanted Susan to buy food at prices that were non-existent at the time and told Susan that all of their marriage problems would go away if she would just do what she was told. Susan also had to ask permission to drive the family car, which she was often denied of that request, and he made her ride a bike to work, seven miles to be exact, for four years. Yeah, she should have got out of that relationship. I'll tell you why she didn't, though. Because she was a very, uh, she was very devoted to her faith, and it took her longer than necessary to realize that she needed. It didn't yeah. take her longer than necessary to realize that she needed to get out, but she wanted to see if it would work. And she she tried a lot of things. She tried talking to his family, his sister, anyone that could like help her understand why he was acting the way he was. Religion is disgusting. <sighs> yeah, I know. Um. Susan's sister claimed that he wouldn't even let her spend money on socks, requiring her to knit them instead. He also would make Susan feed their sons each half a hot dog. That sounds ridiculous, but it's just part of the control. Like, it's just another aspect of something he can control, like how much Susan would even feed their kids. Um, Josh said that he was so mean to Susan... Because of the Republicans, the economy, and the environment. That was his reasoning. Uh, Susan was afraid of leaving Josh because when she had threatened to leave because of his behavior, he told her, over my dead body, will you have those, ha over my dead body, will you have those boys? They're mine. And she absolutely believed every word of the threat. She was afraid of what he would do if she left. Um... There's a lot of instances that I just didn't type down. I just typed down, like, a couple of the more, uh, Heinous. like, what the fuck ones. Yeah. Uh, before Susan's disappearance, Josh and her had started therapy, but it wasn't going well since Josh refused to participate. So that was another part of Susan really trying to make it work. June 28, 2008, Susan wrote her will at work in blue ink on college-ruled paper. I bike to work daily and have been ex uh, and have been having extreme marital stress for about three to four years now. For mine and my ch uh, children's safety, I feel the need to have a paper trail at work which would not be accessible to my husband. Uh, she also wrote about uh, a fight they had about how much she was spending on groceries, which was one of the worst fights she said that they had, is why she wrote the will, too. 
how bad the fight was. Um, she wrote about the million dollar life insurance policy in her name and about threatening comments her husband had made when discussing a possible divorce. If I die, she wrote this in her will. If I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like one. Take care of my boys. She signed the document and wrote uh, the words last will and testament for Susan at the top margin. She then folded the paper and wrapped it in a second sheet uh, and closed it with staples. Hmm. <laughs> so somebody obviously found that. Yeah. She she left an intentional paper trail because it, she like knew something was going to happen. She knew. Mm. If she knew, she should have just gotten out of there faster. She's she was trying. This all, there's like, there's like a year in between her writing this and when she actually disappeared. Um, I'm not really sure what happened in between that year. Maybe that's when the counseling happened and she was trying to make things get better. I don't know what uh, held her back other than her being afraid of that, uh, something happening. I don't know. You'll hear how tricky Josh is and why she felt like she couldn't get away with leaving. Okay. Um, on the outer face of the second sheet, she added, For my family, friends of Susan, all except for Josh Powell, husband, I do not trust him. She had opened a deposit box at Wells Fargo near her work and put the will inside. She mentioned to a friend of hers... Uh, oh, she mentioned a friend of hers that she had often talked to about how afraid she was of Josh and what he might do um, in the will. Mm-hmm. And the friend did not know that the will existed until presented with a copy of it after uh, Susan's disappearance. Uh, Susan also kept a journal at work that Josh could not access. She told a co-worker that if she disappeared or turned up dead that Josh is going to be the one responsible. The friend asked if he had done anything or threatened her uh and susan replied no it's just the way he talks (laughs) so i just can't even imagine what would even just go on in their home uh the will was the best circumstantial evidence that the police came across but it wasn't enough to arrest josh ah uh susan also had also been talking to a divorce lawyer, and the lawyer recommended that she go around her home and record all of her assets. Uh, In the beginning of the video, Susan introduces herself and what the video was about. She says something along the lines of, no one knows how this is going to play out, but hopefully it'll come to a happy ending. And she said it with little to no enthusiasm, as if she knew that it wasn't going to go well. Sunday, December 6, 2009, so over a year later. Oh, so this is not even that far. Uh, it's pretty this recent. It didn't happen that long ago. And I never heard of it. Uh, Susan goes missing. When? Uh, December 6, 2009. Uh, 12 o'clock p.m. So this is, I found an article that was like hour by hour how things were uh, reported to have happened. And I'll add in things that I heard in a podcast and things that I've read that I just didn't type out. Uh, Susan takes her two sons, Charlie, who is four years old, and Brayden, who is two, to church with her at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at 229 
p.m. She takes a phone call to a friend. This is the last phone call she ever made. At 5 o'clock p.m., a neighbor visits Susan and leaves the home around 5. As Susan goes to take a nap, this is the last time anyone outside of Susan's family sees her alive. Uh, 5 o'clock p.m., so the same time, Josh rushes out of the home and says that he's taking the kids sledding. Uh, at 8.30, Josh is seen by a neighbor returning home and pulling into the garage. 11.45, a neighbor, a neighbor claims to have heard a car, car alarm going off from inside the garage. All lights in the home appear to be turned off. So the next day, Monday, December 7th, 2009, uh, at 12 and or 12.30 a.m., Josh claims to have decided to take the boys camping for the night at the Simpson Springs campground at 12 a.m. He decides to take them camping. During this time, Josh claims that Susan is at home asleep after cleaning a red stain out of the carpet. That will come up later. Hmm. The campground is two hours away from their home in West Valley City, Utah, and temperatures got below freezing that night. And he went camping with his boys. At midnight. Hmm. <laughs> 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., the daycare that the two boys attend call Josh's mother and his sister uh, and say that the boys had not been dropped off at daycare by mom or dad and they were concerned uh, because they couldn't reach Susan or Josh. Uh, Teresa and Jennifer call the police, who once arrived... <coughs> Sorry, my throat's dry. I need a sip. Is this interesting? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to see how crazy this gets. The end is the worst. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, where was I? Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Josh's mom, Teresa, and his sister, Jennifer, called the police, who once arrived at the Powell home, decided to break in and fear that they had may had fallen a victim to carbon monoxide poisoning. They uh, got permission from uh, Josh's mom to break in. Uh, two box fans are found pointing at a wet spot on the carpet. Uh, and I had heard in the podcast that it was the couch that was wet. So the wet spot, the place that Susan was cleaning a red spot off of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan didn't show up for work and was reported missing. Uh, I don't know if I wrote it later, but I'm going to say it right now. There was, Susan's blood was found in the house, and a, uh, blood sample of unknown origin was found in the house. A male. So it wasn't Josh's, but it was an unknown person. Oh. Yeah. I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, um, Trust me. Okay, this took a weird turn. Um, you and I can listen to the podcast in the car if you want, because it's, they say it. I don't know if I'm saying it well, but I think I'm doing... Listen, I haven't researched anything since 2013, okay? Okay, I'm listening to that. Okay, 5 p.m., Josh returns home with Charlie and Brayden. Uh, Police find Susan's phone with no SIM card in the van. When asked why he never answered any of their calls, Josh claims to have forgotten a charger and was trying to preserve battery life, regardless of the fact that an officer had seen his phone plugged into the dashboard of the van. Police also found a generator, blankets, a gas canister, tarps, and a shovel in the van. Josh was unable to explain why any of these things were in the van. 
Josh was immediately taken to West Valley City Police Department for questioning, not detained, just taken for questioning. Uh, police also interviewed young Charlie, who says that the camping trip did take place and that their mother went with them but did not return. Weeks later, Charlie's teacher said that his mother or Charlie's teacher said that Charlie said that his mother was dead. Uh, Chuck and Judy Cox, Susan's parents, would later say that Brayden drew a picture of him and his family. So he drew a picture of the car, his dad in the driver's seat, his brother and himself in the van and pointed to the trunk and said, that's mommy. Hmm. I mean, that's obvious what happened. He drew it at daycare. They, but they couldn't get any evidence. It's the most fucking... This is really frustrating. <laughs> okay. So, December 8th, uh, around 11, Josh calls Susan's father to tell them to tell him that Susan is missing and the police are bringing him in for questioning. <sighs> around 1 o'clock, Josh is interviewed by the police, uh, or interviewed by Detective Ellis Maxwell, uh... Detective Ellis walks into the room and expresses his concern with the cuts on Josh's hands. Josh is defensive as soon as the detective walks in the room, saying that he has already contacted his attorney, to which Detective Ellis replies, Summarized. You're not under arrest, so why do you think you would need an attorney? You're the closest person to Susan, and until you and the boy showed up, it was a missing family, not just Susan who was missing. Uh, so you're here so that we can work together to figure out where she might be. If you were under arrest, we wouldn't have, we would have come to your home, put you in handcuffs and brought you here, but that's not what happened. (laughs) And Josh insisted that his attorneys told him that he needs an attorney because they don't know what's going on and that Josh might be in over his head. Uh, so the detective had kept asking him, where do you think Susan is? And Josh would be like, well, I would think she'd be at work. And the detective would be like, well, she's not at work. That's why she's missing. And Josh kept replying, well, I don't know. I just really think that she would have tried to go to work. He just keeps saying dumb shit like that. Like a pathological liar, is that what it is? I I don't know. (laughs) The term for it? Just Oh, compulsive liar. Sorry. That's correct. That makes a little more sense, actually. Yeah. Like, he just deny, deny, deny thinks that he can convince anyone of anything that he says. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, the police, while Josh is being interviewed, are able to get a warrant to search Josh's van and uh, had been searching it during the entire interview with the police. Uh, They told him that when he was ready to leave, that the search would be about another 15 minutes. Uh, Rather than wait the short time, Josh decides to take a taxi to the airport and rent a car. He puts 800 miles on the rental. Two days later, he returns the car. There is no knowledge of where he was for those two days. And while he was on his little road trip, he purchased a cell phone in Tremonton, Utah, near the Utah-Idaho border. Josh's father, Stephen, coincidentally disappeared and was not accounted for the same two days. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This doesn't have a happy ending, by the way. 
Well, you're not supposed to say that. Whatever. I'm allowed to say it. No. No. And edit it out. No. Yeah. No. We don't have well, cause, time. Because you're like, okay, okay. 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 Yeah, okay. Okay. I just want to make sure you're still interested. Oh, I'm Am fucking... I captivating you? Yeah, I'm listening. You okay. have my full attention. Okay. Motherfucker. <laughs> I just don't want to bore you because I found it interesting, so you're supposed to be I'm listening. Like, you're supposed to be like, oh my god, no he didn't. Well, you told me it, it's pretty fucked up and I'm just... You're just waiting for the yeah, I'm waiting up. for those parts. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Halloween Eve, motherfucker. The next day, police execute a search warrant of the Powell home where they find Susan's blood. Oh, here it is. Uh, the life insurance policy for one and a half million dollars. And a letter that Susan had hidden uh, saying that she was fearing for her life. And police also find blood from an unknown male contributor. The dad? Oh, okay, keep going, keep going. Police search the Simpson Springs campground, or the next day, sorry. Uh, the s- police search the campground where Josh claims he had taken his son's camping and found no trace of camping activities. The next day... Uh, it snows, and they can't continue searching for evidence at the campground because it's snowing too bad. It snows pretty good in Utah. Uh, in the following days, vigils are held for the family and for Susan. They sing hymns, and they pray together that she will be found, uh, to which Josh shed a tear but didn't say anything. Uh, a couple days later, Josh hires a defense attorney, and the next day, Josh Powell fails to attend a scheduled third interview with the officers at the West or at the fucking police department. Uh, police publicly announce this development saying Josh was getting in the way of police efforts to find his wife. Uh, Josh takes Brayden and Charlie to live with his father uh, for the holidays. I made little quotes with my finger for the holidays was the excuse. Uh, Friday, January 10th, so in 2010, January 10th, 2010, police served Josh with a warrant to seize his van that he drove the night Susan disappeared. Uh, February 15th, 2010, Susan's family holds a press conference saying that Susan was planning on ending the relationship with Josh by their April 6th anniversary. The family mentions that Josh had been physically abusive towards Susan one time and that they knew th- one time that they knew of in the past and Josh's controlling behavior had been revealed. Uh, December 6, 2010, the one-year anniversary of Susan's disappearance. Josh and Stephen Powell make the claim that Susan ran away with Stephen Kocher, a Utah man who went missing in Nevada around the same time that Susan disappeared. The two claimed that the pair may have run off to Brazil. Josh said Where they that? served a mission. Josh and his father both claimed this. Uh, and they ran away there to start a new life. And there is zero evidence to back this up. <sighs> so obviously they're making uh, good use of their time. <clears throat> they're really bad at lying. I can tell you that. That's why it's so frustrating. Because they're so bad at lying. And they're like getting off on it because... They don't have enough, all that time that Josh was like driving 800 miles and his family was coming out to check on him and his family and all that moving in between, like all the evidence is getting erased because they're just, they're lying so much they're stalling any progress. 
Like, that's why the police said that Josh is getting in the way. It is <clears throat> so annoying. Anyways, I opened up this document to read. Okay. Here we go. Uh, so, not soon after... Josh and his father had said that Susan ran away to Brazil. They said that Josh and Stephen announced plans to post part of Susan's teenage journals online and that inside of these journals was um, evidence that Susan was just this slutty lady who posted her sexuality out and flirted with everybody. Um, this is Stephen's defense of him being creepy towards Susan is that she was just so tempting. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm kind of skipping things like the getting to the more important things. Okay, so um the police knew that they like had to get a hold of Susan's journals if there really was anything in there. Um that they could use, but they couldn't get a warrant to search Josh's father's home because they didn't really have proof that they were there. So they held this little, I don't know, it's not really a vigil, but a bunch of people got together, including media, uh, to hold signs of Susan not far from Josh's father's home because they knew they'd drive by. And these people are so fucking stupid. They knew that <laughs> they knew that they would drive by eventually and say s something incriminating and they did <laughs> and josh admitted basically that they have the journals at their home and that they weren't going to release them and the police were like gotcha because <laughs> they admitted that they were at the house and this is where things get fucking crazy okay and disgusting okay so they the police get a warrant uh, for the father's home. The police take computers, boxes, and bags from the home. <laughs> In the home, they find videos of Susan taken with and without her permission. Videos of children changing across the street and oh. showering. Oh my God. Child pornography. Over, I think it was over 5,000 pictures of Susan baggies of susan's feminine products toenail clippings hair uh cotton swabs from her taking off her nail polish underwear bras in the father's home bagged up dated with susan's name on them <sighs> what the fuck and cassettes and cassettes and cassettes of recordings of susan talking and in some of these videos that Stephen took of Susan, uh, it's it's obvious that she didn't know that she was being recorded, but he claimed that she did. He claimed that she was doing things for him. And there's even a video where she's seen, like, um, moving her skirt or, like, scratching her leg, and he kind of goes, oh, she did that for me. That's fucking weird. Like, zooming in on her legs and her ass. So this man is obviously obsessed with Susan. 
Uh, and while we're talking about Steven, we can talk about Josh's childhood. Steven's his dad, right? Yeah. So, Steven, as Josh, and Josh, his brother, his other brother. I don't really know all their names. One brother's mentally ill, one isn't. The older sister, who's the only fucking sane person in that entire family, and a younger sister. Josh's father would watch porn in front of them. Um, I don't know, like teach them awful, disgusting things. The oldest sister said that she went on a business trip with her father and the hotel room had two beds. She slept in her own bed and he slept in his, but he watched porn while she was in the room. That's fucking creepy. Full volume. That's creepy. Yeah. He never touched the kids, but he would do that. So it's it's just as bad. It's fucking disgusting. I'm shocked he didn't touch his kids since he was into kid porn. You know what I mean? It's just like he is something else. And uh, Josh's father and ma- mother didn't get a divorce until he was like 16. So this was his entire childhood being... Um, I don't know the word for it, but... Uh... He had, he had a creepy fucking dad. Yeah. And uh, Josh had gotten picked on by his father so bad when he was a kid that he tried to kill himself. But as Josh got older and was married to Susan, they got closer. <laughs> okay. So that's where Josh's crazy, weird behavior is coming from. Like, it explains all his behavior. It doesn't explain his uh, actions because murdering someone is never justified. Unless it's your rapist or someone that abducted you or something, in my opinion. But, like, that's why he was the way he was. It's because of his father. Huh. So, there's that. There's probably more, but it's fine. Okay. So, um, in here it says that cadaver dogs recover charred. Uh, human remains and wood from the area but it doesn't it literally says nothing else after that susan hasn't been found so there's no reason for them to mention that um police arrest steven on child pornography and virus voyeurism charges after police found thousands of images of young girls and women including susan uh dressing all the pictures he got of susan were obviously while they lived with him uh The photos were taken without their knowledge, and two neighborhood girls were victims. Charlie and Braden Powell are placed in the custody, or placed in state custody while police investigate to see if anyone knew about Stephen's activities. Um, And it might say how long he went to prison, but he went to prison for some time, and he's the only one that was arrested in this whole situation because that's the only proof they could find. Uh... What else was I going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, he also, he couldn't be convicted of the videos he had taken of Susan because you can't see his face in all of the videos, and Susan isn't there to prove that the videos are taken without her permission. But all those other things added up, and he still did serve prison time for how disgusting he was. Um, so Susan's parents file in court to get custody of Charlie and Brayden, their two sons, the judge temporarily also rules that Josh Powell cannot publish Susan's teenage diaries online because he's still trying to do that as if it means anything. Um, 
Charlie and Brayden are temporarily placed with Chuck and Judy, Susan's parents, after Washington's Division of Child and Family Services files a child welfare action. After two days in court, a judge temporarily placed... Wait. Oh, I just said that. <laughs> Charlie and Brayden are now with Susan's parents. Um, Uh-oh, where'd it go? hate when I do this. Uh, okay. Uh, so Josh tries to get custody of his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the judge is like, you have to pass all of these psych evaluations before you're capable of doing that. And police find hundreds of disturbing in- images on his computer, including including simulated child pornography, bestiality, and incest. He, however, can't technically be charged for the child pornography because it's animated and it's not real children. Oh, it's fucking creepy. How do people... How are people even attracted to kids they're so fucking ugly and annoying? That's why it creeps me out that guys are like, I want a woman who's bare and looks young. I'm like, so you want a child? Because women have hair. You know what I mean? Yikes. Like, if they're attracted to that and only that, that's, like, a big red flag for me. Because, <laughs> like, back in the 70s or whatever, all all the porn, the women have their big old bush and shit, and all the guys are like, woo, hot. But nowadays, they're, like, clean-shaven, can't even see stubble. Like, it's disturbing. It literally sickens me. Red flag. Who the fuck gets attracted to kids, dude? They're gross. They're ugly. I would kick a kid. Right in the face. That should not be your reasoning right now. Kick the shit out of a kid. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Get away from me. So, after finding those things on his computer, the judge orders that he, Josh goes to get a psychosexual evaluation by a court-appointed examiner. Uh, it's found that Josh is narcissistic. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Makes sense. Woo! The examiner, regrettably, also finds that Powell has adequate parenting skills, uh, steady employment, and no criminal record, and decides that Josh can have supervised visitations with his sons several times a week. So this is where it gets gruesome. Oh, it, it gets, let me just fucking go back to this. Pedophilia is not okay. <laughs> okay. Correct. Yeah. I feel like I, 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 didn't, I didn't say this enough. People who are into children are fucking gross. People and people that know they're into children that and hide it and get away with doing disgusting things to children are fucking slime. I think that's worse than murder, in my opinion. If you know you have this problem, because sometimes people are molested and it's actually like part of their brain. If you know you have this problem, you need to go get help. Yeah, I just like... It's fucking disgusting, dude. It is unfathomable. I I just don't understand how somebody can be attracted to a child. They're not mature. They they're not. uh, Never mind. And all the fucking pedophiles that are like, uh, like how people are saying, uh, gender is, you know, you pick your gender, you pick what you feel. Pedophiles are trying to say like, love is ageless. 
Yeah, that's and tried to make their own fucking LGBTQ <laughs> flag I'll and everything. I'll tell you what, the people I had a crush on when I was 13 are not the people I would have crushes on now. Why? Because I was a kid and didn't know what the fuck I liked. They're like, love is not ageless. Fuck that. 18 plus, you fucking scumbags. And listen, I think from like 20 to 17, the 18 year thing maybe doesn't matter, but you still need your parents' permission. You still need. You just need to not be weird. You need to not be weird. I don't care if she's on her period. I don't care if she has boobs. If she's under the age, fuck off. You're disgusting. Yeah. People like people really don't mature until they're in their 20s. Mentally, they don't mature. Men. Men don't mature until their 40s. Isn't like the brain development, is it 20? It's not 26 for men, is it? That seems too late. That seems too fucking early. I'm definitely not mature, and I'm not ready no, to be like mature. No, like the... It's frontal the, dis- lobe? the decision-making frontal lobe part that Don't know. doesn't fully develop till you're like, I think it's around 18 for girls. I don't care. 18 still, <laughs> if you're in your 20s, like mid-20s and you're dating somebody 18, that's seven years difference. Oh, yeah, that's you're not great. You're supposed to be much more mature than they are. Yeah. And if you're dating somebody who's 18, apparently you're not fucking mature, but... Boys uh, okay. and girls, I have a uh, warning. Maybe there's, maybe there's... And, you know, maybe there's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe there's exceptions, right? Maybe there's exceptions to that. Maybe maybe there is an 18-year-old out there and she's got her shit together. Kind of fine. Yeah. Still creepy that you're 25 dating somebody still in their teenage years. I'm, I'm just saying a random age. Tw- 24 and lower is kind of like, eh, okay. But like 25 and up dating somebody still in their teenage years is fucking creepy to me. Yeah. Maybe not to everybody, but it's creepy to me. Yeah, like, it's only if the younger person's in their teens. If they're, like, like you said, like, 23 and higher, No, I'm sure. saying if a person, if a person's 24 and maybe dating, like, an 18, 19-year-old, or, like, 24 is still creepy. 23 is not really that creepy, 22, you know? But, like, 25 and above. The, the age where your car insurance drops because you're old, <laughs> then it's creepy that you're dating someone in their teenage years. Listen. If anyone that is significantly older tries to date you and you are a fucking 15-year-old, 14, 13, I don't care. It's not because they think you're mature. It's because everybody their age thinks they're a fucking loser, and they are because they're fucking creepy, too. Exactly. Thank you. That is a life lesson that I didn't have to learn personally, but learned from people around me. Yeah, I didn't have to learn that either. I never... Well, obviously, I'm a dude, right? It's it's different. But... That's that pretty much sums it up. If, if if there's a guy in his twenties and you're still in fucking school, it doesn't matter what grade. Well, it does, but you know, and and he's like, oh, you're mature. I want to date you. No, don't fall for that crap. He's a loser, and you're not going to go anywhere with him. I can promise you that. And there's exceptions, sure, if you're 18, but if you're still in high school and you're under the age, and somebody that's an adult wants to date you. you you start noticing the red flags. You need to tell your parents. You need to tell the cops. You need to fucking run. Because Depending. that is how a lot of murders fucking happen. Yeah. It's weird. Pe- nobody should be messaging you on social media as an adult if you're in high school. Unless it's like family or something. But if an adult just wants to have a conversation with you and they're an adult, don't fall for it. Just, <laughs> just, just have good boundaries of what a professional adult conversation is versus a fucking creepy conversation i don't think adults should be messaging kids over the internet period unless they're family that is the only exception 
That is the only exception. I don't even care if they're a family friend. That's still creepy. Forget that. Don't fall for it. Block that person. Anyway, I'm trying to prevent fucking rape and murders out here. All right, it's not going to get much reach, but you, you hear and stay away from Hillary Clinton. Uh, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to yeah. Get, let's can we get back? I'm going to get. I'm got. almost done. I'm going to get got. Anyways, Al, okay. I'm going to let Allison continue. We ranted about fucking pedophiles. This long is enough. the worst part. Oh great. Uh, yeah. okay, a rant before something else I'm about to rant about. Let's do it. So Josh gets a permission to have supervised visits with his children. They have they've had a couple of them at a government building, which is where they're supposed to happen. But um the media and everything was so like frantic and crazy at those buildings that other most other parents were complaining like, hey, I'm just here to see my kid. This is fucking ridiculous. So he gets permission to have the visitations at his house. Supervised, uh, right? Supervised. Okay. <sighs> On Sunday, February 5th, 2012, social worker Elizabeth Griffin picks up Charlie and Brayden from Susan's parents' house and drives them over to Josh's trailer. Um, she knocks on the door. Josh opens the door. The uh, pulls the kids inside, looks her dead in the eyes, and slams the door. Elizabeth calls the police because when he closed the door, she got a whiff of gasoline. Oh. The fucking operator that answered her phone call needs to be fired, probably put in prison himself, because... These kids could have been saved if he would have taken it seriously. Oh, could seriously. have been saved, so you just gave it away. I think it's obvious. Listen, let me just tell you what the operator said. The, the lady's like, I am in fear of these children's life. The father locked me out of the home. I smelt gasoline in the house. And she was by her car, so the operator's like, oh, you smell gasoline and you're in your car? Um... And the lady's like, I need police here now. I'm in fear for their life. And the operator was like, uh, yeah, they're attending to life-threatening situations. Uh, when they're available, they'll come see you. Uh, moments later, the house uh, explodes into flames with Josh and the kids inside. Wow. Jo- uh, Elizabeth calls 911 again, telling them that the house is on fire. She can hear the kids crying. And 20 minutes later... Police arrive. 911 operator needs to be put to death. The police need fired and in, get involuntary manslaughter charges. What the fuck? After the fire went out um, and the coroner got a hold of the children to figure out the cause of death. Oh, I wonder what the cause of death was. <laughs> uh, Not a fire. Both children had suffered hatchet wounds to the head. But the cause of death was smoke inhalation. Oh. So Josh took a hatchet to both of his kids' fucking faces before he set the house on fire. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. He definitely killed Susan. If all all the other evidence was pretty damning and they didn't do anything about it, that is stone cold evidence right there. Now there's no evidence because everything just burned down. Oh, he did it. And everybody's mind. Oh, everybody knows he did it. And I just, I saw an article that this year... uh, How old were the kids when this happened? 
2012, and she disappeared in 2009. So three years Seven later. Seven and five. So that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm nauseous right now from saying it. I, like, when I heard this at work the other day, I literally stopped and was, like, staring off into space. Because that's, like, it's a plot twist that would not get away with being a movie. I get that. That's why I said that at the beginning. Um, so that's what happened to Josh and his kids. He's dead too, right? Yeah, he died. Good. I hope he burns um, in hell forever. So Josh's father. I hope his dad fucking dies too. Uh, Josh's father was unconcerned when told about the deaths. Um, uh, when, uh, Josh's father gets out of prison, he suffers from a heart attack and the police are like, yes, deathbed confession. He knows something. Let's go talk to him. But he passed away before they could get any information out of him. Everybody who could have been linked to that crime is dead. You know what? Whatever then they deserved it. They deserved it, but we'll never know where her body is or if they, <laughs> they did it, but we'll never get a confession. But good, they're fucking dead. Well, the only then, tragedy is that the kids had to die too. Yeah. Uh, also, Josh's other brother that helped him move and helped him fix up his house. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that happened is uh, when they were driving back to Washington, him and his wife, their car broke down. And Josh paid for their car to be destroyed rather than fixed. And when police took cadaver dogs to the site, they ran right to their car. So they took the car in for evidence but couldn't find enough evidence that it was Susan or whoever, whatever dead thing was in the trunk, they couldn't prove it was Susan. But it so was, there was a dead thing in the trunk? Yeah. What the? That's some lazy and shit. No, they like there was no they the smell was there, but she was obviously wrapped up good enough to not leave any DNA behind. Oh, okay, yeah. got you. Like I, the dog. I thought the, you meant the body might have still been in the no, trunk. No, no. Okay. Like they the it was at a pull and pay, so the car was like taken apart. There, but oh, so anything that might have had any DNA was probably mm-hmm. now on another vehicle. And uh, yeah, yeah, and Josh's uh, brother brother's car that was josh's brother's car Mm -hmm. um that same brother had paid for um paid the air force in colorado for a satellite image of the yard to see if the car was still there which it wasn't because the police got a hold of it um so i'm this is me telling you that josh's brother had something to do with it too uh he he, he killed himself before josh's father died so literally everyone that knew it anything about this is dead for one that's fucking crazy two good good yeah i'm glad i hope they're all burning in hell right now or or they're tormented spirits i don't believe in hell but i hope they are tormented spirits my blood is like on fire uh i saw an article this year about um susan's parents are suing Washington State. I actually read something that they were granted $95 million. Mm-hmm. I didn't see if they won or not, but I guess, I, I yeah. just read something. I think they were... Let me double check. Oh, is that what you were looking at? Oh, I phone? wanted to see what the family looked like. Oh, okay. Susan was beautiful and Joshua was a fucking creep. Let's see. 
Jury awards parents of Susan Powell $98.5 million in children's death. It's funny. I didn't even know the children dies, died. I just read they were awarded $98 million and stopped there. So I didn't even know the children died. So, like, that whole family is, like, even the kids and the mother, they're all gone now. And then the moral of the story, don't be a Mormon. Okay, maybe that's not the moral of the story. It, the moral of the story Listen, is... Josh's mom was still Mormon, and she was a pretty good lady. She knew that all this was fucking crazy. Thing is, thing is, recognize the signs of abuse early and cut that shit off. No matter how anxious and scared you are, you gotta do it. I, that's a fair statement, but also, like, this went off the rails in a way that, like... Yeah, I didn't expect that. I thought you, like, when you said gruesome, I thought they were going to find her body all fucked up, but no. Oh, oh, that's, thank you for reminding me. Oh. So, they didn't find it, sorry. But, um, Josh had been heard by a friend, or Susan, when, around the time Susan started getting really concerned about Josh, um, he got, he really started getting into, like, Law & Order shows and shit, and he would watch them all the time. And one of Susan's friend friends had overheard him, uh, like, criticizing how people hid bodies. And he's like, if I were to hide a dead body, I'd throw it down a mine shaft. And on Josh's computer were search histories of mine shafts nearby. Uh, but they've searched every mine in the area around both houses, and they can't find her body. Uh, I think, maybe, but... Maybe that was part of his plan, was to make them think he threw her down a mine shaft and then completely did something else. Probably. He might have been well, that fucked up. they didn't mention anything about, like, trying to figure out which rental car he took. Because if he drove that 800 miles, like... They probably relocated the body. Yeah, like, multiple times. Like, the brother probably took it somewhere that Josh didn't even know. Or, if I had to guess... Um, they probably figured out where the police searched for her body, grabbed the body where it currently was, and put it right where they were searching because they weren't going to search that spot again. Maybe. I don't know. There's, there, uh, I've heard of serial killers doing that. Uh, also, I saw it somewhere where it was theorized that the blood in the house might have been Josh's brother's. But here's the thing. Josh and his brother share DNA. So uh, They would like be like, this is someone related to josh yeah they would have been able to do yeah, that you're right but so maybe more people are in on it than we know but like josh's brother killed himself because obviously there was a terrible secret weighing down his shoulders yeah josh's father died of karma way too fucking soon well it depends on how you look at it i think he should have died a slower, painful death, but much faster than how it happened because he... I just meant karma kicked in too soon. Like, he needed to fucking say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Uh, Josh's sister, like, the sane one, was even like... She's like, my dad talks, but I doubt that this is something he'll ever open up about. And that was true. He never said anything. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, but he was so obsessed with her, I wonder why he would have done it. Well, yeah, because he would make videos of everything he made videos yeah. of susan of other people of himself is, talking my, about how obsessed he was with susan my and he question didn't is do that. why was josh okay with that because he was okay with weird sex things in general because of his dad it's it's almost like his dad pre-programmed him and his brother for the perfect storm i don't know this is a fucked up story it didn't happen that long ago either 
That's what's like. Years ago. Only 11 years ago. Like mind blowing. I listened to the podcast again today because I'm like, it's shocking every time I hear it. Wow. There's nobody alive left, but like her parents and hit and Josh's mother. And that's it. Who could say anything about it? Those are the only ones left alive. What's really frustrating though, is that everyone around her knew she was afraid and didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't make any it's, fucking sense. It might be because Josh never, like, directly threatened her. He just kept saying really weird, uh, subliminal things. Damn, this, this is just as bad as the whole Chris Watts case. Maybe worse, but just as bad. I think bad. it's a little worse. Well, we know what happened to Shanann Watts and the yeah, kids. That's we, why it feels a little better. It doesn't feel good at all. Oh, it doesn't feel good, but... Like, but not, I can't even, you can't even use, it feels a little less worse would be a better way to A little put less worse. Yeah, I don't know, dude, because <laughs> saying a little better doesn't sound right to me. Wow. You right, though. We're, we should go up there and leave something at the house. At, at Chris, well, I'm not going to say Chris Watts' house. Fuck that guy. At Shanann Watts' house. We should go leave something. Uh, it's not that far. I don't know if anyone's moved in yet. I fucking doubt it. Maybe. We'll see. Some people are weird like that. Oh, what a murder house. Yeah. Like um, a brand new, beautiful Colorado murder house. Hey, Zach Bagans, you going to try to get in on this? No, he's too busy filming his Halloween special at fucking Tiger King's Tiger Pin. Oh, which is not even haunted. That's that, how I know he's a fucking hoax. Why are you... Why is he going there? I had to look away from hey, the mic, man, TL. It's, it's all about the hype, man. It's all about the hype. Right, Tiger King was hyped, I don't know, fucking seven like, months listen, ago. Listen, Zach, you are not you are not hip. Please. But the prism glasses. Oh, man. And the affliction shirts. Like, my hands are cold from talking about that. It's just like the lady said in the podcast. Er, the podcast I listen to is Morbid Podcast. They're, they're really funny and amazing. I love them. But... I can relate to the lady in the podcast who said that, like, she felt disturbed reading this and researching it, but until she said it out loud, like, it didn't really hit her, and that's how I'm feeling right now. I feel nauseous, my hands are cold, my body feels weird. I don't know. I think I think we just need to end on this note. There's nothing more we can say. Do you want me to do more true crime stuff? Yeah, let's let's um. Was this more interesting than other things I've done? This was a good one. This one was crazy and good, uh, crazy and bad. Crazy and interesting. How about that? Sad and compelling. Interesting. It's interesting. Jesus Christ! All right. Anyways, <laughs> I I don't think I have any more left in me. <laughs> this has been the Life Sauce Podcast. Uh, we're uploading this on Saturday, but we upload on Mondays. Not this Monday because we uploaded on Saturday. Um. Anyways, I'm Corey. I'm Allison. And stay the fuck away from weirdos. If your marriage goes south, leave quick. Goodbye. Uh, be cool. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Happy uh, Samhain. Uh, coronavirus is still a thing. Murderers are also still a thing. People get weirder on Halloween, and it's a full moon. So like, be careful and stuff, and take care of yourself. And don't get murdered, please. Bye.